0: Surely not analysis or actual reflection accounts for an excuse based simply on a woman's sex and not on what she does or is capable of
1: doing. Welcome to Man Unmade, a podcast normalizing the authority and power of women's voices in a man's ear.
2: My North Star is now integrity. And I am unafraid to stand on my own convictions, to be incredibly vocal about them, um, to hold room for dialogue. Because by the way, not everybody likes that either. We just want to cancel and punish. So I'm also committed to holding room for conversation and possibility. And uh, as far as I can tell, it's just the best way to live. I I feel free in my heart.
1: She likes to laugh. Check. She likes to eat. Check. She doesn't take herself too seriously. Check. She disrupts the norm for all the right reasons and doesn't apologize for it. Double check. She does apologize when she makes a mistake. Triple check. She's journeyed around the spiritual block many, many, many times and has a lot of great spiritual shit to say. Check. Good with words. Fun to listen to. Probably really fun to share a meal with. Seemingly feeds off of giving and receiving sarcasm. Loves, I mean loves ted lasso and did i mention she loves food well okay then take it away jen hatmaker we're big fans okay it's time to jump back in the pod as i say and lisa rolls her eyes every time i'm jumping in the pod no no you didn't but you should because it's a dad thing to say that's all i can come up with jumping in the pod uh back in the pod but this week jen hatmaker holy goodness here we are (laughs) here we are oh, i right mean i i my body woke me up early this morning like i mean all kinds of like i was like okay this is this the day we're doing this we're
2: doing it it's How about are you? time you know we've got friends in common we have mutual friends we're practically neighbors
1: I, we um, could we could almost like stretch a string and two cans and just like do this no podcast that way i mean we're absolutely that absolutely no lie so we've, we've I'm so been happy dancing to at, be here. Well, thank you. We've we've kind of been dancing at some of the same parties for years, but yeah. never like together. Yeah. You know, like yes. you're we're in the same room at the same parties, is what I mean. You know, that's
2: exactly. That's a, it's a fantastic analogy. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> and I stand by it for sure. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, how are things in Buta today?
2: Well, probably the same as you. Um, every single living surface is coated in pollen, and we're all dead. <laughs> Yeah. to every one of us has died. This is my ghost. I know. Um, I don't know if it's reached all the way up there, but I mean, we are just... Oh, it's yeah. Misery. You kind of have to just stay inside.
1: Are you an allergy sufferer?
2: Well, you know what? I have always said that I'm not. That's uh-huh. like one of my shticks that I get to say is, well, yes. I've lived here for 20 years and I don't have allergies. But then I'm like, <clears throat> my, I've got su- drainage draining down everywhere. Yes. I, my eyes yeah. itch. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is so... Obviously, unrelated to the pollen and the allergens, but I feel a little bad. Like, I feel yeah. a little sniffly, and everybody's like, Yeah, but you don't have allergies, right? I'm like, That's just like a cold.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I get them, and it's, I have a regimen of medicine that I start taking. Yeah. I haven't gotten into it yet, and I'm, I'm like, I'm this close. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the way, I just want to let you know my cat is sitting in my lap. Sure. So, like, if you seem like I'm just kind of moving around here and. and sure. You know, He's my best friend in the house. Oh, buddy. Yeah. He's a rescue cat, Linus, and um, just, I don't know what it is. We're like thick as thieves.
2: That's your guy.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, yeah, that's right. He is. And uh, if Hudson and I aren't playing basketball or the girls and I aren't, you know, doing something, Kelly and I, if I'm sitting on the couch or anywhere in the house, if I'm sitting down, he's in my lap. That's pretty cute. It's pretty cute. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm petting my cat. So Good. I just to let you know that. Good. Um, okay. Well, you are so incredibly busy all the time. You've got a thousand things going on, which I don't really feel like you hold as like a like a, you know, a trophy or like a badge of courage. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, but mm-hmm. you just are. You're mm-hmm. very, very busy. And so I am So stinking thankful that you are taking the time to sit down with me, a goofy-ass carpenter who really has no idea what he's doing.
2: (laughs) Right. I mean, delighted. I was so happy that you asked. And, you know, the gig is up, really. Like, the secret's out that the majority of us are living our adult lives really having no idea what we're doing. (laughs) Like, you know, you remember when we were kids and we looked at our parents and we're like, that is what grown-ups are. These yes. are grown people. they they know exactly what they think. They right. know exactly what they're doing. By the way, our parents were in their thirties, you know, like they seemed like right. just old parents, but now that I'm doing the math, I'm like, my mom was like, What the? she was thirty seven. Um and, but it felt like she
1: was like seventy and like yeah. With
2: the wisdom of the ages. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> And there's nothing they don't know. Like parents know it all, and if they say it, it's got to be true. Yeah. Um, So yeah, now I know we're out here winging it. I mean, absolutely throwing it against the wall and seeing what sticks.
1: Yes. Um, The imposter syndrome. Oh gosh. It it basically are we kind of over that now? Because we're all just like, no, we all know. None of us know what we're doing.
2: (laughs) Totally. We've seen behind (laughs) the curtain, like for all of us. So. Really and truly, the gig is kind of up. Like, there's a handful of immortals among us, you know, mm-hmm. that I refuse to put on the same plane as us. I, I just won't do it. But yes. for the rest of us, which is the majority, <laughs> yeah. we're just like, sh- you know, schmoes out here, just doing mm-hmm. our best,
1: right? And just throwing it out there, um, you. One of the things that I just admire the heck out of you for is that um, you're doing all of this thing that you're doing, bestsellers, cookbooks, podcasts, speaking, et cetera, et cetera, raising a family, going through all the ups and downs of that. And you're doing it so publicly and unapologetically. And I just admire the hell out of you for that. I I, I mean that like as much as I can possibly mean it because, um, just like listening. I've, I've actually, I've been listening to uh, simple and free. Congratulations on on uh, the re. I guess is that like a republishing? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So um, the audio version, it's really fun to listen to you. Uh, that's that's like super fun, and um, I love how you go back and you're like, um, guys, 2021 update here. Yep. Boy was yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah, I got that one real wrong. You're not afraid of making mistakes.
2: Well, I've made too many. So I mean, <laughs> I think if you and I were talking even a decade ago. Uh-huh. Th- we might not be having this exact same conversation I was still deeply kind of hanging on to the possibility of running the tightest ship you know like mm. the possibility of threading the needle perfectly
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, without a misstep uh, without um without any really error mm-hmm. um and, and my community valued that so that was I was committed to the cause and yes. i'm I'm a lifelong this is probably hard to believe, but I'm innately a rule follower. I was kind of born that way, and okay. I just was like this kind of regimented kid. I just okay. really I ran the traps. Mm-hmm. Um, Enneagram three. Okay. So I love to succeed, and uh-huh. I love for people to like me. So that okay. for me, um, as a grown up, has meant it's provided some real challenges for me. Because mm-hmm. if I am um, sort of naturally prioritizing approval
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that the community is, um, they like me, they're for me, that means I have to follow all the community rules. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I, I have to do the right yes. things in order to protect, to protect my belonging, yeah. in order to protect my favor inside right. the community. And so yes. that's for me where the tension started to rub. And I'm like, well, hell. What am I gonna
1: do with this? Uh-huh. Yeah. Brene Brown kind of talks about uh the whole moving out into the like wilderness. with the crazies and the wilderness and yeah. then maybe going back every once in a while, but now she's just like, Nope. Yeah. I've pinched pitched my like, you know, eternal tent out here and this yeah. is this is home. When do you, when do you feel like you moved out into the yeah. wilderness?
2: I always love that metaphor. I love that imagery. It feels really relatable to me. Mm-hmm. And also there's no shame in it because, um, I, I think some, some of my early, um, community values included this idea that we were a part of something because we were all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that was the yes. thing. Like we believed in the thing. And so like mm-hmm. the way that we understand this, you know, our, our version of this is the yeah. right way. Yeah, um, and so there was this like overt and even subtle shame that was always applied to those who would question, right. Mm. Or to those who would color outside the lines or push hard on the forms or consider a different perspective. Um, That was never celebrated as what I think should have been, which is curiosity.
0: Yes. Um,
2: But rather it was punished more as a lack of certainty. Mm. Uh, And so Mm. I knew that I I know the rules. I knew the group rules yeah. Um, and so I think when I when a Brené like when a Sarah Bassi gives me wilderness language, mm-hmm. um, with a pretty vibrant picture painted of what that wilderness looks like and what sort of flourishing goes on out there, for me that's a shame buster um, yeah. of the way I was always taught that being a um, a boundary pusher or a question asker should have been saturated in.
1: I want to tell you my first introduction to Jen Hatmaker. Oh,
2: this is exciting. Okay.
1: I think it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I was definitely at a place in my life where like my wife and I, we were missionaries at one point. I was yeah. in youth ministry, the whole yeah. thing. You and I could talk mm-hmm. for yeah. hours on all that. And we will talk about that today, I'm sure. Um, but I definitely was at a place where I was just like, ugh. With all of it, yep.
2: <laughs> like, I'm I actually good. understand that reaction that, that that should be in the dictionary. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> yes, like that's appropriate. <laughs> I get it. Yeah.
1: And uh, and so, um, and so, I was, you know, just not really turned on by anybody that was speaking yep. any of that language, or whatever. Anyways, Kelly says, "Hey, you've got to read this thing," and I, I've there was this this girl named Jen Hatmaker. She, she writes a lot of blog posts or something. And, um, so I, I wait, she sends me the link, whatever. And I don't, I don't, uh, read it until late at night. I'm laying in bed and she's already asleep. And it's this post that you wrote about like sending your kids back to school or something like that. And like dressing them up as like Michael Phelps or something.
2: (laughs) You are in the, you are in the right zip code. That was about. The or into end end the school, school. year into yes. school yeah and not how going much back I had to, just like yes. thrown in the towel absolutely yes, like thrown in the, yes that was <laughs> some hilarious and they had to like
1: dress up as truth. something and you were like put on a bathing suit and call yourself Michael Phelps or something like that yeah yeah it
2: was, it was, I just couldn't do it last week of school no I can't do it
1: I laughed so hard <laughs> that I woke Kelly up she was asleep
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that
1: so much oh my gosh uh, I mean just so stinking funny um Anyways, I, I wanted to ask that because I want to roll the tape back a little bit because I'm always interested in people's origin story. Yeah, obviously, you don't just write a bestseller. You don't just have a podcast or s- start speaking all across the country. There's you got to that place at some point point. and you definitely don't. It's not like you're um, like a professional basketball player where it's clear. It's like, well, clearly you started playing basketball when you're young and then you got better. You do so many different things how did Jen Hatmaker evolve into like what she is today? And I, I, cause I love origin stories and I think people need to hear them because you know, a lot, most of us, I think I know I feel this way. We don't know what the hell we're doing. We don't know how we're supposed to get wherever we want to go. And we're not even sure where we want to go. Yep. And I think we all just sort of like end up eventually at a place that's like, Hey, this is, this is right for me. I need to do this. You know? Um, totally. Anyways. All right. Enough of that. Totally. Your origin story. I couldn't wh-
2: agree more. I mean, People ask me a lot, you know, is this something you always knew you wanted to do? I'm like, oh, my, I was going to be like a librarian. No, I <laughs> I had no idea. I was a teacher. I taught fourth grade. Oh, cool. Um, okay. For a few years. I mean, I just didn't strike out kind of mm-hmm. understanding that this kind of world was possible for me. Like a big portion of my origin story that matters is that because I kind of uh, ultimately in what I do came up through a faith space, mm. um, which, of course, that's still obviously a a huge portion of my life even though my my work is broader than that now yeah um, is that in my world which is probably a little bit like yours I bet we mm-hmm. have this in common um women didn't have any spiritual authority they were for- oh no essentially forbidden I, it's not that they weren't didn't have it I mean, God gave it to us at our birth, yeah. but <laughs> they, it was not recognized, and it was um, deeply punished. Of course, well, yes. it didn't even happen. So I didn't grow up seeing um, women in faith leadership. I didn't okay. have role models, and I didn't know what that meant. Okay. I, well, I didn't even know if it was possible. I, that didn't never occurred to me.
1: Right. And so even was though, it like Corey Tinboom? That's like the only woman in leadership. Maybe you know what I mean.
2: I mean, yes, and even then that is was not in an ordinary way, you know, right. like just <laughs> she had to go normal, off right right that <laughs> that was so exceptional, like so outsized of uh-huh. the average experience that it, I couldn't relate to that at all so yes. um so I just didn't even know I, I never even had vision for what my life could be, yeah. uh, even though I can look backwards now, so can my parents my my family and friends and say, well, it's all in there. Like Mm. that was in the cake mix. Like when you were coming up, when you were growing, when you were learning and I can see it now too. But so I did a really, um, acceptable, predictable thing, which was go to a really conservative college, marry young, super young, 19 like some oh, baby. Wow. Oh, yeah. And uh, what college like some, was that? Some literal teenager. I went to Oklahoma Baptist University. Oh, yeah.
1: OBU. Okay.
2: And marry a pastor and okay. be a teacher. Like, I, I just ran it. I ran right through the traps. Yes. Um, and everybody was like, yay. <laughs> you did it perfectly. Yay. This, you're filling all your roles, you know, like to the capacity which you can, uh, which is pretty low. And so, it wasn't until I was grown, and, and to just to be honest with you, the internet. I I, I don't want to over, and want to overpraise the internet because it could be a real mess. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the advent of a larger community possible, and I was able to experience my own like spiritual authority, my own mm. gifts, mm. Um, my own leadership capacity, uh, my own teaching capacity in Mm -hmm. a place where I was no longer confined and constrained by the rules, by some hierarchy saying you cannot do this. That's kind of when my adult life changed.
1: Do you remember when you realized, I kind of have a way with words? Did you ever have a moment or did you just sort of like always, it just, cause like you literally, I just love the way you just say things, write things, even your cookbook for crying out loud. And like, Damn it. She took the best name for all the cookbooks ever. <laughs> yes. Feed these people.
0: <laughs>
2: Thank you for liking that. I, I, I prepared love to it. To Are bat you getting bat over this. the title? You know how sometimes titling with publishers can be a real mess. But oh, anyway, yeah. that's cute. Thank you. Uh-huh. I I um have always been s- if I picked all the subjects where I excelled, it was going to be the ones that included communication and okay. writing. Mm-hmm. Um and like I was high school always, you
1: were thinking about that like
2: I was I was not thinking about it I was just good at it
1: okay so okay,
2: okay. I didn't I didn't know people could uh, be writers for a living that seemed like that was for fake people like yeah. who does that John Grisham <laughs> that's it right um, you know like I didn't know that didn't seem like a viable future
0: no. um,
2: I did, I did, again I didn't have vision for it mm-hmm. back then at all that just didn't seem right. like I wasn't allowed to dream that audaciously um, and so but I did notice that speaking and writing just continued to emerge in my real life. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I reached for to serve whatever little subcommunities I was in. That's how I started finding myself in leadership positions I didn't expect. I mm-hmm. didn't um, even want, you know, we I was like yeah. you, Clint, we used to work with students. And yeah. so I remember the first time somebody said, can you lead this kind of large group in church for women? And I was like, absolutely not. I do not know how to relate to women. I don't. I don't know about parents. I only know about like sophomores, um, and so you know I was kind of thrust into that space and discovered. Okay. Um, not only was I have some some gifting for it, but I loved mm-hmm. it. Like oh, I wow. loved it. That was the beginning of the end. of Teenagers for me.
1: Oh, um, okay, so that that first group of hey, go and lead this group of yeah. women, which you felt like you had no idea. You jumped into it and it was like, okay, this is something.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was like 25. Okay. First of all, how dare I? Right? (laughs) Like I can, I can just like right now just cringe at the like 55 year old women sitting in that group being like this girl. Yeah, you've been
1: married for six years.
2: Oh, I just can't even. Oh, my gosh. I want to redo. I'm so happy the internet wasn't alive back then and people could not have videoed that or tweeted about it. Like, I Mm -hmm. stand by none of it. Whatever I said back then, universe, I stand by none of it. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Ugh. Oh <laughs> oh
1: that's really funny. I want to go back and like uh, personally apologize to all of those women. I'm so sorry, I had no idea
2: <laughs> like I want to make reparations i yeah. i just i cannot even fathom what I said back then um with It's the- almost like
1: not even what you said it's like because i was I've been in those situations too it's almost even just having the energy like like um letting the energy that you let out be this energy that says, I belong here and I have something to say to you yeah. at 26 or 27 and totally. y'all are 55. Totally. Like I, Because I can't remember necessarily what I said, but I just know that I was like giving off that energy.
2: <laughs> totally. It's so funny to get older. How old are you, Clint?
1: Uh, 43.
2: Okay, yeah. So I'm just, just a little ahead of you. I'm 46. Okay. And it's so interesting to get older and realize – I got progressively less certain like every year. I yeah. was at my smartest, my sharpest, and my absolute surest when I was like 25. Right, Like that's when I knew everything. <laughs> you should have just asked me.
1: I've told you,
2: and I did. <laughs> that's right. That's um, well, as
1: Anthony Bourdain says: the more I travel, the dumber I get.
2: That's exactly been my experience. The more I travel in life, the more I realize I don't know. The right. more I've learned, the more I've realized how many intersections I literally never bore witness to, much less experienced. Yeah. Um, how big the world is, how small my little bubble was, even though I thought it was the whole world. Right. Um, and so yeah, <laughs> uh, the my the longer I travel in life. Um, the dumber I get, I hold tightly to only just a handful of things left
1: uh you you lead that women's group and then it starts to take off. When did you start your blog? when did you start did you did they, did they at one point did somebody say, "Hey, could you speak in front of the church or like how did that happen or did you have to just break away because the other thing is I mean was there an avenue for you outside of leading that women's group where could you even speak in the church did you have to go and do your own thing
2: well this is a fun story Um, so in the church that i was in at the time Uh um i was invited to speak on sunday morning a few times which was new i I think i was the first woman who'd spoken there and um but it was wildly like supported now at that same time um so i'm i'm 30 I'm I'm probably thirty at the oldest. And Mm. um I got invited to speak on a Sunday morning at this very, very, very large church in Houston. You know it. And like thousands of people in the very conservative, very traditional, like everybody's in a suit that morning, think like that.
0: Um
2: which was never my my way, even when I was kind of inside the pack. Mm. Um so it was I'd never in my life. I think at that point I'd probably spoken at the most to seventy-five people. So okay, okay. Well, I'm about to be in front of this many people at this bunch. very storied historic church. Yes. I'm sick. I am absolutely sick. I don't think I ate for a week. So we go over <laughs> there, and um, the preacher gets up to introduce me because I'm in. A, I'm a guest. You know, I'm guesting in this series. Sure. And um, he says. Ladies, we have a real treat for you today. Mm -hmm. Jen is here and she is going to share some stories. Yeah, I don't know. Women don't (laughs) preach. They share stories. (laughs) So she's going to share some stories um, with you. And then he goes, and men, we're just going to peek over their shoulders (laughs) this morning until we go back to our regular series next week. And I was like,
3: oh, my gosh. Shut what up. Just I like to name drop who I, th- I mean, I, I'm not going to, I know exactly <laughs> you're talking. I know all of it. I know it. I like, know it
2: in my bones. Yeah. It was so humiliating and uh, yeah. shocking. I, I felt yeah. like this was my moment to kind of step into some spiritual authority. Like I had been lended legitimacy and, yeah. um, and then just to be absolutely condescended to and undermined like that before I got up there was wow. pretty shocking. And so I think that's when I started realizing, oh, I'm I'm going to have to chart a different course here.
0: Mm.
3: So that you thought that at that moment when he said that,
2: yeah, I did. I I was unprepared to experience that level of misogyny in in the pulp in that public of a way. Yeah, um, and that's not even a I word I knew back then. I didn't even know the word misogyny, but I sure felt it in my bones. Oh my! You gosh. know and. And so that was a really, that started a pretty painful process for me, which was deeply examining and in many, many, many cases, deconstructing Mm. a whole lot of the faith trappings that I grew up in, that I accepted as absolute fact, as absolute law. Um, And so having to really see where the systems were failing me personally, Um, and then of course my eyes are opening. I'm like, who else, who else might this be failing? And that was a real long list. Yeah. Um, that was kind of a painful season of, of rethinking the way I was taught and what I believed.
1: So, um, I've got like cat hairs just like floating all around me now. It's like all over my face. Linus is killing me, but he's not leaving the lap today. So that's it. You're stuck. I'm dealing with the hair. Um, uh Joni Mitchell is one of my all-time favorite uh musicians and my uncle David who's in the music world he uh put on Facebook one day this video and it's like archived like Canadian vid- video it's crazy I don't even know how he got a hold of it but there was this like this musical show that they used to do and it was like at the college of saskatoon or some some like crazy canadian name you know and it literally was like all right friends welcome to music hour at the college of saskatoon and it was like these like six or seven dudes kind of like standing over to you know one side they had their like music and this guy with his guitar you know looks like old school royal orbison or something you know black and white all the kids are sitting on the floor in this little like room black and white, the whole thing. And there's this girl over to the side and she's kind of like playing and singing and everything. Well, anyways, they like sing all the song, the, these songs. And, um, you know, it's okay. It, it, but, I mean, it's not good, it, but it's like literally like sing along, like for third graders, but it's like college. That's what the musical level is, right? And these guys can play, you know, some music and whatever. But I mean, it's just the most basic, whatever. Well, then they stop and they're like, Okay, guys. Well, listen, we got a fun little treat for you today. And uh, she's a sweet little gal from something something Canada. And she's written some real cute music, you know, whatever. And she's just going to sing a couple little songs for us. Uh, A little real treat. Why don't you listen to Joni Mitchell? Yes. At Joni Mitchell. Right. She sings a song. All right. Holy shit. Right.
2: She just sings them under the table. It's embarrassing.
1: It's not. It's completely Uh, embarrassing. The kids in the audience, they don't even move. They don't... All the other music is like, hey, we're going up to the (laughs) food hall today. And we're, you know, like, I mean, like, I don't know what they were singing. Then she gets up there and she's like, you know, and the sun and the stars. And, you know, she's like singing all her like beautiful music. And they're all like, what is happening? So far ahead of her time. You are that. (laughs) That is totally who you are. You are so far ahead of your time. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall at that church. uh, Or like I could go back in time and see that because I'm like, oh, little did you know who this gal was going to become. I mean, look out world.
2: It did provide a little fuel for me. I'm not going to lie to you. I have that Enneagram three hard energy inside of me, Mm. which is don't tell me I can't. You know, don't, don't tell me I cannot do it because that will then become my new life's mission, even if I didn't care about it until five seconds ago. Um, but it, it, beyond being kitschy, it really did force me to consider, wait a minute, do I have a space here? Like, do Mm -hmm. I have a right Mm -hmm. to be a teacher? Do I have a right to be a leader? Um, do I have a right to my own opinion? Do I have a right to dissent from the crowd? Um, yeah. And so I'm 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 grateful for it. I'm glad that I was pressed into that space, into so in front of so many watching eyes, and felt the humiliation in that because that activated something inside of me. I developed eyes and ears, like I mentioned a minute ago, to start seeing other people and where this sort of religious system was not just failing them but harming them, and um, I I kind of switched sides of the equation. Um, because just by virtue of a lot of other privilege, I had all my 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 sort of belonging had always been protected. I just did. Yeah. I I was the daughter of a pastor. I have the personality for that too. Like I'm I can be likable. You know I I sure. I don't make you sad. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm you know I'm not this I'm not a um I'm not a burr in the saddle
1: Yes. And, yeah. And yeah.
2: um, and then I married a pastor. I did, right. We had so many of their little right things. And so um, all the little blonde babies in a row, the little blue eyes and yes. um yeah. teaching America's youth in fourth yeah. grade. I just had it all. And so um <laughs> yeah. so understanding so starkly. Oh, no, 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 no. You've reached this. you've gone as far as you can go, lady. Like yeah. you are at the ceiling. That's it. And let this be clear to you. I was like, oh, I'm on the I'm actually not on the winning side of this type of community. I just right. thought I was. Yes. Um, and then I, I realized that I wasn't.
1: So you start then, you know, eventually you you start writing a blog. Um, when did you write your first book? What year was it? I that?
2: did everything wrong wrong headed and backwards. Okay. Um and so I wrote a book first. And, oh, wow. and frankly, this is a, the genesis of blogging. Like I wrote my first book in two thousand and four at the really at the ripe age of twenty nine. Do not I will not say its title and do not look it up. I forbid you. Um, I literally. <laughs> Lisa's on
1: you. it right now. I I'll can never see speak brain. to no, you
2: again. My hands here. My, my I'll hands here. Never ever speak to you again.
0: Um,
2: but I so I I started that and I took my little manuscript. I, I didn't know how to write books, so I just wrote it. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know how the order of things. I didn't know how to be published. I didn't know that you sell a book idea and then you write it. I, I'm like, I don't, don't I don't know anybody who writes books. Right. Um so I just wrote the whole damn thing yeah. and took it to a writers conference oh. where just any nobody can just pay yeah. money and come and yep. then you get these guaranteed opportunities to pitch your book. So I, I knew at the bare minimum I was going to get to pitch it to two publishers. Okay. Um, and I ended up getting to pitch it to a lot more, and so for whatever dumb reason, that little book got a lot of offers from that um, conference, and that was the beginning of my writing career. And so I started with a book contract. And so they said, "Wow, can you? We want to publish this one, this little dumb one that you've handed us, and." <laughs> We let's do a five book deal. And I was like, what in the <laughs> land? Uh, I'm like, do you think deal. I know five books worth of things? Like, I don't, <laughs> know what?
1: Yeah, um, I'm 26. I'm whatever, oh, 27. What <laughs> the hell yeah, do I, I know? Yeah. <laughs> I have
2: my oldest kids in preschool, you know? Um, and so that for me was the start of writing. Okay. So I blogged later, like almost when blogging was over. Right okay. about the time it was on its in its heyday, like yeah. it's like downward tick. I'm like, hey guys, jenhatmaker.com. Come join yeah. me on my blog. Just I got this new idea,
1: wrong. guys. It's gonna be great. It's did called absolutely a blog. Did I everything wrong? Yes. Yeah. Funny. Well, you nailed it. I mean, five books. I wrote one, and no one's called me since. So. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it's such a beatdown, isn't it? Do you oh. want to write another book? Because it is, it is a special brand of misery.
1: It is a special <laughs> brand of misery. I, I, I wrote mine in the, um, there's a really nice like Downton Abbey looking sort of library on the Baylor campus oh, yes. called the Armstrong Browning Library. And um, I wrote mine there and students would come in and study and everything. And I would sit there in this library and I would write and just cry my eyes out. And Because it literally is just an exercise of putting yourself through pain day after day <laughs> after day. After day. And, and like Kelly would send me like blogs and she would send me like articles and, and different things to like literally keep me alive through this process because yeah. I would come home and I'd be like, why am I even doing this? No one wants to, no one wants to read this crap. This is stupid. <laughs> like you start, you start wow. writing stuff and you're like, why am I, what is that? This uh, is Oh, you I question know that voice everything. Yeah. I know that
2: inner voice. How have you I gotten over that, that voice?
1: voice? Yeah. No kidding.
2: I, uh, that voice has so many things it likes to say. It's also like, hey, you're real dumb. So yes. that whole thing that you just said, it's for stupid people. So congratulations for providing content for all the stupids. Like, and you are not nearly as good as, and I have a long list of people that I like to fill in the blank oh, with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you're sharing too much and you're not sharing enough. And, yeah. um, oh, man. And then the 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 voice has a whole new iteration once that book is published mm. and people are looking at it with their eyes. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah, it you really have to be committed if, yes. if that's the path you want to take. And for me, yeah. I've gotten to the point where I have just realized I just have to be a writer. I just have to. It's t- it's terrible. Uh, yeah. Like I I,
1: I no I've your tried, writing I, is not I've terrible. Tried a
2: hundred other things, but I. It, I, I it's just the way I am. I have to do it. like the the words find their way into the world when I write them. way more yeah. so than when I speak them, um, than when I hear them. So mm. I, um, that's I I, I, I struggle
1: path. with not not like how you said you were given a uh, you know an offer for five books, uh, you know, and going, wait, I don't know five books worth of things. But somehow you've gotten over that, see this guy, Mm -mm. I don't get over that. Uh, Here's the one thing I know about me. I know about me. I know about my life so that I could sit down and write. I could write that with my eyes closed. It was still the most painful thing I've ever done. Would I like to write another one? Yeah, that'd be great. I have no idea what on earth I would write about because I don't know about things. Like,
2: yes, you do. You write it about carpentry. Well, you th- write it. You build a whole metaphor around <laughs> woodworking and creation. But I got this. Like, I'm your person. I know how to. I could workshop this right now. You kidding
0: me? I
2: got. I outlined but, it. I have then, it outlined. But
1: then I'm like, I, I seriously like, I, I seriously like struggle. I go like, but there are so many other people that actually know about carpentry. I just knew enough to be dangerous. I knew enough to like build stuff on TV. You know, and and now I'm learning about barns traveling across the country. But, you know, I'm, I'm learning. I'm still just on like this little level. And so there is just there. I still I really struggle with that. So I admire you so much for getting past that yeah. voice so many stinking times. Yeah. Now you're writing a book about cooking. I mean,
2: I am writing about like beef tenderloin. Yes, yes right. Oh, haven't been to so culinary fun. school. No, God, no, no. no, There's no qualification here. Don't get it. Don't get it wrong. Like I'm just a home cook, but I'm at that point in my life where I've done a lot of things. I've put my hands to a lot of work and still do. Uh You know, I've got a lot of irons in the fire. Sure. Um, but I've, uh, I don't know how this is going to sound. If this sounds like a real asshole, you can take this out. But like (laughs) in a lot of ways I've done my time. I, that makes sense. I logged it. I mean, I worked those hours. I was in those airports. Yes. I was in those hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. I was writing at three in the morning. I have done, I've worked mm-hmm. so hard. Yes. And so now I'm like, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I want to do? I, I, I don't know if that's just age or fatigue or a combination of both,
0: yeah. but I'm
2: like, I only have so many hours in a day. I know that now. Right. Like 15 years ago, everything was limitless, yes. infinite. Yes. I would never run out of energy. I would never run out of ideas. My kids would always be little and living with me. Um, and now mm-hmm. I know time passes and fast. it passes fast. Yes. And, and so cooking and food is just literally a love. That's it. I, I just love it. Yeah. And I love food writing. I did <laughs> not know that I was going to love food writing. That's a new. Fun thing that I discovered a few years ago. Yeah, and I'm
1: like, "Are, are you? Uh, why this not? is maybe a dumb question, but are you going to make an audio book of your cookbook? Because the reason I don't know if that's possible, but the reason why I ask that is listening to you talk about food is fantastic. Uh, uh,
2: well, uh, oh, that's it's, cute.
1: Oh, it's really fantastic because I love food. Same. I mean, I like really love it, yeah. and um, <clears throat> I'm probably not as high on condiments as you are.
2: Oh, no.
1: I know. I mean, I like them. I definitely use them often. Like, okay. I don't eat a buffalo wing. I, I will eat buffalo wings without blue cheese, but I really just, I mean, I sop it in blue cheese. Like, the real stuff. And if you give yeah. me that, like, fat-free crap, nope. I am going to throw it against the wall. Like, it's We're in a gonna fight. Make, yeah. Yep. It's, <laughs> a Caesar salad with low-fat dressing is... It's
2: a sh- it's criminal. Uh, yes. I'm serious. It's criminal. I, I and don't... And I won't have it. Like, I just no. won't have it. And... And I've discovered I'm at the very end of the writing process for the cookbook. It's due in three weeks. Uh, and um, <laughs>
1: thanks for talking to me. You...
2: But who's counting? <laughs> like who's who's absolutely like yeah. phone. Look at what. Look at me. This hair is dirty. You know it is. Um, uh, pandemic. Uh, whatever. You're good. But I've noticed like, oh, I am real bossy about some things, and mm. it's things mm-hmm. like. Fat free, don't do it. Mm -mm. It's things like pre-shredded cheese. Don't do it. I'm. I have some things that I care deeply about, and apparently, like fat-free coconut milk is one of them. Get it out of here. Get it out of here. Why bother? Why bother? Just eat bread. Just eat a piece of bread. You know. (laughs) Don't bother. So anyway, it's fun to do what you love.
1: In the hierarchy, yeah, Mexican food. Italian, what what what's your
2: oh this is easy. Okay. Um, my favorite food, favorite region, mm-hmm. favorite palate is Thai food. Oh, I could eat sure. it seven days a week for the rest yeah. of my life, never okay. grow tired of it. So okay. spicy. My, my flavor profile is sweet, uh-huh. savory, spicy, crunchy. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite bite. Okay. So give me all of that. Give me all the curries. Give me oh, all the yeah. pad thai. Give it all to me. I will eat it and I will never stop eating it.
1: We lived in the Netherlands for a few months early in our marriage. And that was the first time I was introduced to um, like a really, really good peanut sauce.
2: Oh my
1: God.
2: That is my life. Yeah. That is my life force.
1: Oh man. Yeah, I know. It, it will change your world. It will. Thanks. Yeah.
2: Yes, so I tend to love all the Southeast Asian food. I, that's okay. my favorite palette. Okay, um, is kind of spicy and creamy. Okay. Um, after that, um, we're gonna have to go to Italy. That's it. I like richy, saucy, oozy, mm-hmm. melty. Yes, that's that's tier two. Yes, that's probably What's my yours? tier one. Your tier one is Italian for you?
1: Yeah, I like lasagna. It's embarrassing. Yeah, don't don't eat lasagna in front of me. I it, I just keep going back for more. It's it's pretty bad. It's I'm incorruptible.
2: Garfield. Do you make a good one?
1: No. My wife makes an excellent one though. Yeah. Yes. I do make, um, uh, Ina gardens. Um, uh, Oh, a ricotta. Yeah. Oh, I make nice. her. Yeah. I, I make that. And, uh, when I do that, I can add that to her lasagna. Um, oh. she makes the pioneer woman recipe. Uh, she's, tweaked it over the years, what uh-huh. whatnot, but that's, that's where we, we started. And, Oh, I, look,
2: look right now, making your own ricotta. That is level up right there. Hey, that nice. is how it's, many people do you know, make their own ricotta? That's right. I know almost none in my life. And so I put that, that's in my cookbook too. Okay. I'm like, look, here's what you need to know. It's milk, yeah. And lemon juice and a cheesecloth. Can you handle that? Yeah, you can. <laughs> That's it. You know,
1: I know. And and like and then you can like add stuff, salt and pepper and some like mm. herbs. You know, just cut those herbs up and throw oh them all in gosh. there together. Oh, all and day you can long. control how dry you want it based on how much you you know squeeze that you know cheesecloth or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it is that is it's so easy, um, but it is uh, like liberating when you find out how to make it. It's yes. oh, and then you just you know crackers when it's warm. Ooh. All of
2: it. All of it. I'll eat the whole. Ooh. I'll eat the whole jar by myself right there before it ever cools down. This is how I felt when I learned that no, like mortal people could make dressings. Like mm-hmm. you could make your own ranch. You oh. can, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I thought that it just came from the grocery store. <laughs> I always thought that was just lab food. Um, and so I remember the first time I put basic ingredients in a mason jar and shook it, and I was like, "Wait, just a minute. Yeah, this is a thousand times better. Yeah, than that plastic tasting Hidden Valley Ranch." yes so it's this everybody can do it look we're not special we're just mm-hmm. look at us we're just ordinary i'm i'm on a podcast on stupid headphones <laughs> we're regular people we can make ricotta and dressings
1: i'm covered in cat hair so you're
2: covered in cat hair i that's know that's a mess
1: and i'm not even like a real cat guy we finally got one cat and like yeah but now i'm covered in cat hair so well, it turns well, out you I, are a cat guy I, I and i am now apparently yeah. I I made mozzarella in uh, Idaho for the show uh like 6 months ago. We made it fresh and that was again it was another one of those embarrassing moments like it like you know you have to wear those thick rubber gloves because yeah. it's super hot as you like yeah. knead it and fold it over and everything. And like I was just pulling off stretches and just going straight sure. to Oh yeah. It was
2: oh. I've always wanted to do that. I've it's, never done that, it's but glorious. I've watched it done. Yes. It's fascinating process it
1: is glorious you would love it and you would probably be sick when you left because uh, you, it's hard to stop chance that i would be they made me stop they were like okay you, <laughs>
2: <So> <laughs> we
1: have to go shoot other things we've got to
2: be on a plane tomorrow and you're going to regret this <laughs> like it'll be high regrets
1: okay everybody man unmade was created to amplify women's voices and early on we decided that beyond each interview we also wanted to highlight women in business and music So in each episode, we'll take time out to turn you on to a new business you've maybe never heard of and a singer-songwriter whose music we think you should try out. The music will come at the end of each podcast, so make sure you keep listening after we've wrapped the interview. If you're listening now and you happen to own or work for or have a friend with a business, or if you know of an artist or you are one, shoot us an email to contact at manunmadepodcast.com. But the spotlight on women's businesses is right now. This week, we're shining the spotlight on Patty Rodriguez and Ariana Stein. They started Lil Libros in 2014 because they had trouble finding children's books in both English and Spanish. In a world with a shortage of bilingual books for children, two mothers, Patty and Ariana, began their mission to introduce bilingualism and Latin American culture through picture board books. Lil Libros was created to inspire parents to read to their children and encourage them to do so in two languages. You can find them at www.lillibros.com, which is spelled L-I-L-L-I-B-R-O-S, okay? <laughs> so, lillibros.com. And you can follow along on Instagram at Libros. so at All all right? Okay, now, got that out of the way. Lisa, I'm going to their website.
3: Yes. Go check it out. The books are super cute. Um, Oh, I guess if I ever need to get a baby gift for anyone, this would be a great, I just thought that through.
1: Oh, it's adorable. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Super torta. That's really cute. (laughs) That is so cute.
3: They have a a big collection.
1: A huge collection. Yeah. Um, Okay. What I love about this is it's two moms who are like, you know what? We need something. Can't find it. Let's make it. That is like, That is awesome. So, You can also
3: go online and pre-order their Spring 2021 collection of their new release books. That is out on May 11th.
1: Ah, beautiful. Okay. Well, there you go. Thank you, Patty and Ariana, for starting Lil Libros. I think this is a wonderful idea, and I'm so glad that y'all had it, and you followed through with it, and now it's here, and inspiring people. uh, I think it's so important for parents to read with their kids. I'm a huge proponent. This is awesome. Okay. Thanks, Patty. Thanks, Ariana.
3: If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. Maya Angelou.
1: So you're 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 making this this cookbook, which I can't wait for it to come out. Really, just because of you and you're awesome. But also, again, I love the title "Feed These People." That's so hilarious. Um, I want to get into this because this is. Um, and I'm sure we'll find ways to laugh in this segment as well. Um, <laughs> but you're writing all this stuff. You're living in this world. Um, and then you decide, all right, I'm going to come out and, and be honest about things. Uh, I'm going to start to move out into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. You come out in support of the LGBTQ yeah. community, um, uh, eventually your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you all reveal that, that uh, she is gay. Yeah. Um, on and on and on, and the amount of hate Mm. that must have been poured on you, um, I can't even Mm -hmm. imagine. Um, I want to know, one of the questions I literally have written down is, how have you processed the hate? Mm. Because that's that's a thing. mm
2: That was in 2016, mm-hmm. um, which was just a real traumatic year for a lot of people who came up in the evangelical church. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, a, that was election year, and yes. there was evidently a very deep divide um, between how we understood the world, and mm-hmm. so that was a pressure cooker already. Mm-hmm. That I had been pretty vocally outside the the crew on, mm. Um and then, yeah. So first of all, though, I knew it was coming. So it's not a it wasn't a mystery. That did not take right. me by surprise. No, that was not something I was not ready for. In fact, we had spent a few months essentially unhooking from a lot of our partners inside the machine, mm-hmm. knowing. Knowing for sure that we wanted to minimize collateral damage as much as possible. Yes. And right. didn't want to put people in the unenviable position to fire me from whatever they had hired me for. Right. Um, to end a contract from whatever I had signed with them. Yep. Um, and so by the time I very intentionally gave that um, interview, um, I, I was a little bit on an island. So, yeah. Uh, But it was it was more ferocious than I expected. So I Mm. knew that it was coming, but it was more ferocious than I expected. And so, um, that was a hard year, lonely, very lonely, um, punitive uh, in every way. Oh yeah. Um, Financially too. You know, my my books were pulled off of shelves and. In the case of Seven, which you mentioned earlier, is kind of repackaged, coming out just now, called Simple and Free. It was pulled out of right. print, so they're Gosh. like, it was my um. best-selling book." They're like, "We'll never, we'll never put another one on the shelf. We'll never print another one." So that was, it was painful. It was just painful. And yeah, even um, with
1: all the work you did to minimize collateral damage, yeah, still, yeah, yeah,
2: and then just to be so deeply not just misunderstood, but mischaracterized. And that's just sucks. That's just sucks. Um, However, at the same time, um, that was my introduction to the wilderness. I mean, Mm. like, I just fast forwarded myself out there. I I didn't take a little... (laughs) sweet little skippy journey, you know, like on my own time at my own pace. I was just all of a sudden like uh, the the president of the wilderness people. Um, and so uh, that was a beautiful discovery, that yeah. whole vibrant spiritual community outside yeah. of the institutions, really, outside of th- yes. the systems and the whatever. And so, yes. Ooh, what a salvation that was just to be so lovingly received so warmly welcomed Right. Um, to be like, Oh, this out spiritual curiosity is a thing out here. Like that yeah. is a, that's a team value. <laughs> right. I never experienced that. Absolutely. No. Never. That was no. a revelation yeah. to me.
1: The word doubt. And when I was growing up, like in youth group and stuff, it was, that was a really heavy word. That.
2: Absolutely, and said with shame, like it oh, was yeah. an indictment on your faith. It yeah. was an, an indictment on your faithfulness. Sure, um, that was for the week, and mm-hmm. so just to discover that, as it turns out, you can press very, 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 very hard on your faith, and the the true and the beautiful and the good parts of it will hold. Mm. So how wonderful to discover! Um, so that really purged me of a lot of fear. Um, number one, that I could be so canceled and live, and live, yeah. and yeah. frankly, thrive,
1: live better, um, sure,
2: thrive. I I built a whole new direction after that, and my only regret is that I didn't do that sooner. That's it. Wow. I'm I'm, I'm ten million times happier, truer. Um, mm. I'm less afraid all the time. Fear is a pretty, Oof. Pr- it's pretty strong um, yeah. motivator, yeah. you know, to keep you in line. And so I don't, there's hardly anything I'm scared of anymore. I don't, I can't think of anything. Um, did, did so, you ever
1: think of like people like, um, Amy Grant? Oh, sure. You, oh, of I course. mean, cause you, I know Patty? you, yes. Yeah. You lived through that. Um, you know, when, when everybody basically like just divorced themselves from Amy Grant, because one, she got divorced. Yeah. And then, two, if I remember correctly, she came out with a song Baby, Baby.
2: Oh, it's scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> baby, Baby, how dare you? What about the children? You know, golly, so fragile. Yeah. It's such a fragile community. And it's really hard to operate in there because eventually you're going to shatter somebody who just yeah. cannot handle normal life's pressure normal yeah. life's life yeah and so oh man do you i do remember not the jars of that? clay
1: uh controversy? of course i do the their song was on a soap opera
2: oh it's and, a slippery slope it's you know? yeah
1: <laughs> and that, that, there, that's the word slippery uh-huh. slope like what what next are you going to be in porn i mean like <laughs> what <laughs> i mean i think they were also like in a coke commercial or something like that i i don't it was just like what oh, is happening here people gosh. jars of clay and we were just i mean oh, you're you're burning books you're burning cds Kelly. you're th- you know t-shirts concert t-shirts sweet amy grant i mean oh just
2: gosh. and really have you ever met her
1: Never met her. No, I know people that have known her, and like all they say is that she's genuinely just one of the nicest Genuine. people ever. Um,
2: yeah. she, well, the first time I met her, of course, I'm like, a, I'm an evangelical Southern Baptist of the 80s, so I'm like, 80-gram! you know, I mean, <laughs> <Right>. I <laughs> listen, she was it. Um, yeah. and so yes, the first time I met her, and old man rubble. Let's go. I mean, she's so <laughs> earnest, like, she's so. Yeah, earnest and sweet, like not even real sarcastic, which is the only way I know to speak. You know, that's my first language. Uh, She's just tender and sincere. And I'm like, Mm. listen, that's how messed up we are. That in our sort of religious culture, who we choose to essentially burn the stake and then who we choose to celebrate and support, I'll never ever, ever make sense of it. It is right. baffling to me. Absolutely totally baffling.
1: baffling. Yes. Yeah. What is the, the formula? There Don't is no and formula.
2: And that's been a really sad realization in my adult life, which is I always thought it was a formula based in faithfulness and integrity, based in theology and doctrine, based, mm-hmm. based in obedience and, and sort of an inherent goodness. But what I've discovered that never was any of that. It's about power. Um, it's about position. And so uh, that's been, um, a real heartbreak in my Mm. adult life to watch the elders of my faith, essentially the ones who raised me, the ones who handed me the version that I got essentially reverse on every single thing I was ever taught, um, that mattered that meant something, Mm -hmm. that counted, just to see that completely cast aside for a different version is, Mm. it feels like a betrayal and um, has been a real grief, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, that is, uh, I'm so glad you brought that up uh, because I think that that is one of the most relevant things that all of us are going through, like people, our generation, Generation X, um, you know, that, that we are going through because we were so highly influenced and and molded by the baby boomer baby boomer generation. Um, which by the way, if you have seen, if you haven't seen Boomers Got the Vax, the SNL um, skit from a couple weeks ago <laughs> yes. with Maya Rudolph, I died. Go watch it when yeah. we get it it is one of the greatest things. Kelly and I call it a spiritual experience. You need to go watch it. Anyways, we were so highly influenced by this generation and by their teaching and and there was like this certain level of you know, I mean, integrity. Mm. Uh, you know, like there were things that very clear that you never did. Yeah. There were there were other religions that we did not agree with ever. Um, totally. You know, I talked a little bit about that with Gabrielle Blair when uh, we had her on the podcast a while back. You know, her being a Mormon and yeah. and and you know, one of the that's actually one of the first times that I experienced it was when Obama was running, mm. and all of a sudden Obama's running. And Mitt Romney's running. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And
1: I was like, oh my God, Kelly, you've got to be kidding me. I want to call all these people that are now going, oh, what a man of God. I'm like, no, 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 no. I know how y'all really feel about Mormons. Oh, I don't feel that way, but I know how y'all I feel. See what you're uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And it's like, what did it take? So, yeah. uh, you know, you have Barack Obama, a black totally. man running, and now all of a sudden. Totally we're, we're on the, we're, we, we are eye to eye with Mormons. We're totally cool with it. It's great. What He's a man of God. He's going to lead our country. And I'm like, hold the phone. Uh Nope. You don't get to do this. That was like my first kind of like dip into that world, you know? Uh, And, and and again, if they are changing their opinions on Mormons, great. They should there because it was incorrect. But it was just like so egregious and mm-hmm. hypocritical. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying?
2: Oh, do I ever. Yeah. Um, and so now right. we see it
1: like on a, like a level that's like times a yeah. thousand with Trump and everything. Else.
2: Yeah, I think it's a breach that will not be repaired. Mm. Um, people ask me a lot, do you see a way back? Do you see some sort of healing within the church or whatever the thing is? Mm-hmm. And i I don't, I don't think the question's right. Because mm. I don't see a reparation of mm. of these two versions of Christianity. They're, yeah. they're incompatible. They yes. just are. Oil and oil. Um, and so there, there's too many points of contention that would bar us from any sort of real and true communion together, like a mm. community together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, no, I don't see it at all. I think that there's sort of a, a different branch of the tree mm. um, that's starting to flourish and grow, pointing its little arrows toward the wilderness. Yes. And I i mean, I see it being rooted in the same system loosely, mm. <laughs> um, mm. but I don't see those branches intertwining again.
1: One of the things that I really admire about you as well, another thing is that um, you are still holding on to your faith in this new world, but just in a totally different way. You're, you know, like, um, you've, you've journeyed around, you know, the sun as they say, or whatever. And now it's like, I have a whole new view on this thing and you're in a whole new environment. You know, you're not in, like you were talking about kind of in that crew, you know, where like, you know how to say all the things and you know, all the verbiage, you know, all the like rules, you know how to exist and be kind of a a champion in this crew, in this church world. Now, you know, you were basically kicked out or left or whatever, you know, and now you have this whole new thing, but there's still things that you say, like, and I was, as I was listening to your book, you were talking about, um, you know, that, that God asked you to do something, and you were kind of talking about like, well, when God asks you to do something, what does that mean for you now, and how do you talk about that with people who, you're now surrounded by people that yeah. weren't necessarily in that church world. And you know how that can be kind of jarring for people to hear. Totally. You know, and it's like, well, what does that mean? Like, yeah. what are you like? God's talking to you, totally. you know, this what, is what why, does that mean to you now? And how do you, are you communicating that to people?
2: This is why when I went back and kind of did some, a reboot of seven, redone mm-hmm. as simple and free is mm-hmm. there was so much like language and these, these sort of trite Christian Yes. Phrases and ideas like God told me, mm-hmm. that I just grew up so immersed. That was my bathwater, so I didn't yeah. know. I was just swimming in it. Yes. Um, and so I, you know, when I went back through, I was committed to combing back through some of that language and annotating it to my 2010 self from now, and saying, you know, this is not what you say anymore, and this is why. This is something you've learned since then. And this is something you don't believe in anymore, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one of them. I think that sort of that language of, I'm trying to think of of how to describe it, but for me, it would have been this sense of special proximity to God, like special. in that Mm my, my, side of the world, in my type of church, in my exact denomination, in my region of the United States, um, has got it. And so something about us has this really unique and special proximity to God. And, um, so I think some of that ended up being true because we all do. Mm -hmm. Um, but our perception of it was different. And so that, that, that kind of stuff I just feel so differently about now. I, I've, I've seen the way that I think faith, which for me now is very mysterious, very mm-hmm. mysterious. I don't know how it all works. I don't know how it works across generations and spaces and places and times and perspective i don't I do not know um but I feel this deep sense of like humans' access to all of that like love and all of that divinity um so. I I f I, I don't say things like that anymore. I mm-hmm. um I'm willing to hold that a lot looser. And, but you still
1: you you still feel like there is an energy that there is a force that yeah. is guiding you. So Yeah.
2: I I'd still love believe to know how you, against all odds, like against all evidence to the contrary. Right. Like I just am still a believer and um and so I I find it though, that I'm having to unlearn and relearn some ideas that I had yes. around God and, and how, what it looks like at the intersection of humanity and God and mm-hmm. how he loves us and why. And mm-hmm. I've had to really reroute some ideas around that. I was, I grew up pretty scared of God. That was my ethos. Like mm. I had, a f- I was afraid of God and I was taught to were. fear him. So yeah. I didn't get that <laughs> wrong. Like I just read the memo. <laughs> Yeah, uh, You know, like, <laughs> humans are so gross. God it, yeah. basically hates us. Yeah. But, like, somehow Jesus got a side door for us, and now we're tolerated. That yeah, is how yeah. I felt.
1: Filthy rags. Filthy Just, rags. oh, your heart's uh.
2: deceitful. You're basically a pile of garbage. <laughs> but somehow, through, like, some, some miracle, you're going to, like, eke in the door here. And yes. I felt that way. I yeah. felt... I just lived in like shame and guilt and worry and fear. and and then I also felt like for some reason it was my job to evangelize the world because I was also told that as well. that oh, um, yeah. mm-hmm. and so I'm so relieved and whole in my heart to have laid those down mm-hmm. um and realized mm-hmm. that those were based in power, those were based in patriarchy, based in white supremacy, a lot of those ideas, um mm-hmm. based in misogyny. And so, Um, I'm discovering a much more real God, I think, than the one I grew up with.
1: Ooh, yeah, that's well said. (laughs) That's exactly how I feel. Uh, I know so many people that feel the same way where it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay. So this is what God means yeah, yeah which and it is rings really... true
2: to me. It rings yeah. true in my soul. yeah um it rings true in my gut in my sense of God in prayer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in my spirit. and so uh, and the other one really never did. I can point back and just say there was always a rub for me there. like there was always attention going, this doesn't make sense. Um, yep. what's wrong with women? Like why <laughs> are they such a problem here <laughs> in the greater cause of humanity and you know, like, why are there only white men in charge? I, I can look back and see the places um where it was not ring true, but I didn't know what to do.
1: Who, who are the women we should be listening to right now?
2: All of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Amen. laughs> all of them. Uh, I'm really proud of women right now. I'm proud of the way women are leading. I am proud of the really monumental causes women are at the helm of right now Mm, in mm -hmm. the, in the pursuit of justice and the pursuit of equality. It's really exciting to watch. Like for me, I just keep thinking, I would, what a time to be a woman, like what a time to be, these are my peers and this generation of, of women in leadership, women in activism, um, women in content creation is just so high. It's so high. I can just tell you a very general rule of thumb for me right now. This has served me well. This has been um, a primary avenue for my own personal learning and Mm -hmm. growth. Mm -hmm. um, And I think an increased wisdom in my own life, which is in general, um, when something important is happening, when um, something tragic is happening, when... There is an, a new idea that we're willing to workshop as a culture, yes um, based on maybe old ideals that we don't hold to anymore or really never did. Yes, I listen to women of color. women of color have been yep. my greatest teachers, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, I cannot suggest enough gathering a really strong think tank of yep. women of color that are so smart, so respected in their fields, so mm-hmm. courageous, incredibly resilient mm-hmm. and just buttoning it up, pulling up a seat through the table and just listening and learning. And just listening. Um, it's yep. my, my best classroom.
1: Are there a few that you're relying on right now, a few voices that's like yeah. here's some here's a specific, you know, few voices that yeah. I'm really relying on. Yeah. I listen to
2: everything on. my friend Latasha Morrison says. She runs okay. a huge organization called Be the Bridge. She is uniquely yes. gifted in uh-huh. the work of race, race, racial reconciliation, which is a, a, a gauntlet, an absolute yes. gauntlet. She's yep. she's specially gifted for it. Um, I listen to everything that my friend Austin Channing Brown says. Yes. Um, she wrote a book called I'm Still Here. She is a very salient voice
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, toward the dismantling of white supremacy, which is a highly uncomfortable discussion for most white people. Therefore, yeah. we must have it. Um, (laughs) exactly. I love my friend, Oshita Moore. She comes from a real faith space. Um, Mm -hmm. her pursuit of racial healing sort of under the umbrella of Shalom of peace is uh, very reminiscent of like the work of MLK. She's, she is a, a really brilliant leader in a, in a gentle, um, with a gentle touch to her. I, um, I love to follow Lovey. I don't know if you follow her. I, I do. Yeah. I, I
1: my my wife has talked about her a lot. And then she was like, Clint, you need to start following her. Yeah. I started following her. Oh my gosh, lovey. Yeah. Yes. I my
2: friend my introduction to Lovey was through her Huber writing. She is an absolute brilliant satirist, like the kind that make me so jealous in my bones that I just <laughs> I've got to take a lap. You know, like <laughs> it's not fair. Um, she's so, so funny. And yeah. then to began to listen to her voice of justice and leadership and calling out bullshit was, whoo, she'll, I'm, she'll just bring the heat. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, I'm really proud to be friends with all of those women and I'm grateful for their leadership in my life, how much they've taught me personally, Mm -hmm. how much I'm just gleaning from the Mm -hmm. wisdom that they are just doling out to the world. Anyway, follow them all.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Those are good, good, good names. Thank you. I appreciate it. A few, uh, a couple I'd heard of and a couple I hadn't. So that's great. Um, a while back you had written, or somewhere, not, not very long ago, you, you were quoted as saying, I'm either going to hang on to my career or my integrity.
0: Mm.
1: All right. So what does that look like for Jen Hatmaker moving forward, mm. 2021 and
2: beyond? Yeah. Um, sometimes that's what, that's, that's what we're faced with when we build our careers and we build our leadership inside a system. When we mm-hmm. build it inside a structure that already has some group norms, group expectations, yeah. um, group rewards. You know how to get rewarded inside oh, sure. your system yep. and group punishments. That's mm. a, just a tricky system. So you can either run, it, run a perfect game. Um, and some people can. I, I could have done it. I'm telling you that I could have. Yes. Um, I, I could have said all the right words forever and just continue to succeed wildly and be deeply yeah. loved by the ladies, of course. Um, but, um, what I've discovered though, is if you choose your integrity, which means sometimes pushing against your own, your own group, um, your own group norms, um, you know, as Brene, as you mentioned, she calls it braving the wilderness is that we do have the possibility of building our lives to some degree outside of some of those systems, Mm -hmm. um, where, um, success isn't necessarily our bottom line, where somebody else's success isn't riding on our bottom line, mm. um, where we are not a part of sort of a, a machine so much in that we are free to let integrity be the North Star. Mm. It can lead. It can mm-hmm. guide. Everything else comes behind it, um, yeah. as opposed to it trying to follow behind the rules. And mm. so I, I'm doing that imperfectly because um, mm-hmm. I'm still involved in systems in some ways. Yeah. Um, and that still creates a lot of problems for people uh, sometimes mm. with me, but by and large, my North star is now integrity mm. and I am unafraid to stand on my own convictions, to be incredibly vocal about them, um, to hold room for dialogue. Cause by the way, not everybody likes that either. We just want to cancel and punish. So I'm yes. also committed to, to holding room for conversation and possibility. And as far as I can tell, it's just the best way to live. I feel free in my heart. Like I feel free in my body. I feel free in my work. Um, And I'm grateful to have gotten to this place.
1: Well, you're doing it really well. I got to tell you, I I just really um, love the way you are living life and not afraid to make mistakes in front of all of us yeah. um, or speak out in front of all of us yeah. and what that might like, uh, you know, what pain that might cause or, you know, whatever personally, you know, like what what that cost might be, you're still doing it. And I just love that. You know, my, my wife um, has been speaking out very vocally and I've seen her go through that yeah. and the pain of like people turning their back on you because, you know, and, and it's this... You know it screws with your mind because you're like sitting here going but wait i'm standing up for something that i'm pretty sure is about as jesus-like as i possibly could yeah. be right like uh, this is love and so many people are turning their backs on me or, or whatnot and um for you to continue to do that um in the face of so much to lose because my gosh you have just built quite the empire um, is really courageous. Thank you. Um, and I, and I really value it. One more okay. question before, uh, before I, we go, cause I need to let you go. Do you like Ted Lasso as much as Brene Brown?
2: Oh my gosh. Well, I hope you saw my propaganda because I really put it all out there and I would like to be recognized for my degree of enthusiasm toward Ted Lasso. <laughs> The first time I saw it, and I was late to the game. I think Brenner and I are neck and neck here. Like she okay. and I have about Ted Lasso. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I saw it the first time through, and I was like, how has my whole community failed me by not telling me to watch this? Yes. Because well, I think it came out in August, and I didn't see it until, I don't even remember, like the end it, of the fall.
1: It, right. and like, Which is funny because there's some shows that I haven't seen like for like two years since uh-huh. they came out, three they'll be five seasons deep yeah. and I'm you know, Game of Thrones. I was jumping on like six seasons wow. deep, you know, and catch yeah, like I didn't watch I was totally, you yeah. know, not caught up. Ted Lasso comes out and I watch it like a month later or two and that felt like I'd waited too long.
2: Oh my gosh. I felt like I'd missed the boat. And yeah, I watched it all the way through, which that'd be real impressive because if you can do the math, you can maybe count the hours I sat on my couch. <laughs> um, and immediately, I called my daughter, Sydney. She's a she's a junior at UT, but she lives on campus. And okay. I was like, come, ho- come home tomorrow night. Call in sick to work. We are going to watch this whole show together. I've watched it through four times like a maniac. Oh, wow. Like an- oh. It's so joyful. It's so good. Oh, it's so joyful. Like... And that was right in the middle of COVID. And I'm like, we need some happiness. And Ted Lasso delivers.
1: I mean, I it, I get kind of upset because I will post something on Twitter or on Instagram. I'm like, hey, just your reminder to watch Ted Lasso if yes. you haven't. And like, yep. it's like crickets. And I'm like, no, nah, people, you don't understand. Yeah. This is not something to like, F around with like
2: keep at your important work of Ted Lasso propaganda. <laughs> this is what we're doing here. This is good leadership.
1: I, I am I am television wise. I'm living for two things. Um, the next season of Outlander, which oh, is total wow. like British trash, wow. and I oh, love I know it. it. Oh, Sassanac. It's just my favorite. I, I I love Outlander, but more importantly, the next season of Ted Lasso. it's I, in production. Uh, yeah, I and I mean. Uh, hearing Brene talk (laughs) say like, you better take care of my people. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) When they were like writing the new season. Those are my characters.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I want them in love. I want them healthy. (laughs) I want them to win the big game. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, what a delight that show was. Right on time. Right when we needed it.
1: Absolutely. Jason Sudeikis, I already loved him, but then it was just like, I mean, him on – did you ever see him on a What's Up With That with, with Keenan on Saturday Night Live? Oh, he did sure. That, yeah, and he would just stand on the side and, like, do his dance and everything. And just everything me. that he did, like, I just think he's so funny. I didn't think I could love him more uh-huh. because I really, like, loved any time he was on there. Yeah. As Ted Lasso, I, yeah. I mean, man crush – not just on him – but on all the other dudes as well. Like they're all I just I love them Every all. They're them. like so all they're also great, but then like um the owner uh I forget her character's name. Uh um, Well,
2: you know I've seen it 4 times. Why can't yeah. I find her name? I know name? I'm
1: relying on you. Um, uh, her and then um uh the girlfriend um yeah. who uh, I mean
2: I know, love, Big Love. Oh. Big Love.
1: It's the best. It's good. This is we're okay. ending on a good note. Yeah, You are awesome. Thank you so much. I love that you love Ted Lasso. I love that you love food. Yes. And I love that you love being imperfect because uh, I fit right in in that crowd. So, Thank you. Thank you so yeah, much. Y- you're amazing. Thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. Can't not wait for uh, Feed These People. Oh, tell me when that is again. Feed It comes these people. out when like is
2: 100 years from now. It comes mm-hmm. out like okay. next September.
1: So it's just like everybody hang in there.
2: Just hang in there
1: is there anything coming out soon? I mean, I know that simple and free just came out.
2: That's it. That's it. That's the big next thing. We, we shoot all the photography for it in June and then I don't know what I'm going to do for a minute. I'm going (laughs) to just, I think I might go back to life. Like, I might, who knows? Get on a plane. Anything can happen this week. Hey, like look out. I think we're on our way.
1: Fifth trip around Ted Lasso. Just do that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jen. You're the best.
2: Thanks for having me. This was fun. Bye. See Thank you.
1: Well, that was fun. Jen Hatmaker, I'm telling you, she is something else. Funny, witty, a great writer. Who in the heck writes a book and does it like opposite of the way you're supposed to do it, presents it to a publishing group? and gets a deal for five more books.
3: Jen does.
1: Jen she does. does. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: right. That's who. Not you, but no. Jen.
1: <laughs> for sure not me. <laughs> oh, man. I love it when people find their giftings and just jump right into them, and I, whew, she's just gifted with words, gifted with thought, um, and with humor and so many other things. Thanks, Jen. That was uh, a lot of fun. Really, really fun. Um, Okay, let's shine the spotlight on women in music. This week, it's Lauren Alexander, who, by the way, was nominated to be on the podcast by none other than Mallory, who works at Harp Design Co. How fun is that? It's her cousin. So
3: fun. Thanks, Mallory, for the recommendation.
1: Seriously. Uh, so, all right. The new track—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's coming off our upcoming sophomore album, Field Notes, and uh, the song is called "Let It Be You." I like it a lot. She is awesome, Lauren. We love your music. We're so uh, incredibly excited to share it here on Man Unmade podcast. Um, really, you have such an amazing voice. Um, I love that you are writing music, making music, and, uh, putting it out there for all of us to hear. Um, it's really wonderful. Keep it up. Uh, everybody, you can find her at www.laurenalexander.com and also on Instagram and Facebook at Lauren Alexander Music. And you can also listen to her on Spotify. And she also has a podcast. It's called Groove Lab, which, hello... Way to go, uh, Lauren, for grabbing that name while you can. Groove yeah, Lab. that's a good
3: one. I was, like, really impressed, actually. I was like, how did she get that name?
1: No kidding. GrooveLab. I feel like Questlove would have already had that or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome. So, um, yeah, GrooveLab or podcast, it gives you a behind-the-scenes look into the lives of people uh, that make up the music industry. So that's pretty cool. www.groovelabpodcast.com. So, Uh, Thanks, Lauren. We're excited to hear your music after just a few credits. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Man Unmade is produced, organized, researched, and generally held together by Lisa Collins. Audio production and original music by Jackson Palomino. I'm your host, Clint Harp. Thanks for joining us on Man Unmade. Let's listen to some music. Bye, friends.